Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. The FT. Hello and welcome to Hard Currency, the FT's weekly Forex podcast, taking a hard look at what's driving the world's largest financial market. I'm Alice Ross, the FT's currencies correspondent, and I'll be talking you through the market trends this week with the help of my special guest, Kathleen Brooks, Research Director at Forex.com. Kathleen, hello and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Let's start with the dollar, which has been swinging around quite a bit in the last few days. It actually had a great month in May on haven demand from investors worried primarily about the eurozone. The dollar index rose more than 5% over just those few weeks. But recently, there's been a lot of talk about whether the Fed is likely to introduce more monetary easing, some sort of QE3, when it meets on June 19th and 20th. Now, that was causing a bit of a sell-off in the dollar. But then we heard Ben Bernanke, chairman of the Fed, talking to Congress last week, and the dollar strengthened on those comments because he didn't give much of a sign on QE. Um, So, Kathleen, do you think expectations of QE have disappeared now? Well, I don't think they've disappeared completely, but I certainly think they have been scaled back. The biggest uh, takeaway I got from Ben Bernanke's comments were essentially that, you know, QE may not be what we've been used to in the past. So it may not mean more treasure, more purchases of Treasury yields by the Federal Reserve, which I think makes perfect sense. I mean, Treasury yields are at their lowest ever level. Um, you know, why why do they need to push them lower? That's not really helping, helping the unemployment figures. I think they took that card off the table, mm. but I think they left other cards such as maybe buying mortgage-backed securities, maybe increasing their operation twist, so changing changing the dynamics of their balance sheet. But I don't expect an extension of their balance sheet anytime soon. And the big question is, if they do do one of those other options that you suggest, what would that mean for the dollar? Would it make the dollar weaker this time? Well, I mean, that's an interesting question, because operation twist should technically have not not have too much of an impact on the dollar because what really changes the, the the dollar or causes it to move up and down is fluctuations in the size of the Fed's balance sheet. So really, when they're when they're actually making those purchases or or, or, or selling things or whatever else. Um, so if they are just if they're not adjusting the size, they're just dur- adjusting the duration of the bonds that they hold. That should have no impact. And we kind of saw that with uh, the last uh, operation twist, uh, which which expired earlier this year. The other thing. Uh, that we that that obviously could impact the dollar. I think is uh, is. Uh, if they start ba- buying mortgage-backed securities. Mm. Now, that could have an impact, but I don't think it would have the same impact that we traditionally associate with QE, whereby QE is dollar negative. Mm. It's very, very good for other risky assets. Because remember, QE doesn't just affect the dollar. It does affect other asset classes as well. For example, it, it could contribute to pumping up commodity prices, for example. Mm. Um, I think that if we if they target things like the mortgage market, so have a, take a targeted approach to QE to actually address the problem areas of the US economy, I think you would see less of that money seeping out the US. So I think in that sense, it would also have kind of a, a more muted impact either way. And of course, the other the other massive issue here is that QE won't be done in isolation. We need to really think about what's happening in the Eurozone as well. And basically, do you think that if there was QE, and it might have had some sort of weakening effect on the dollar, would haven demand for the dollar trump the effect of QE if things continue to look bad for the Eurozone? I think so. I think it depends how bad things look for the eurozone. Mm. So it's almost like a, a degree of how bad things are. Um, I think that if we if we would see a very serious situation arrive, 
arise absolutely i think you would see you know then in that in that situation the fed wouldn't necessarily need to do more qe because it would probably depress treasury yields even more but it would certainly boost the dollar which could have an impact on on the us exports for example mm, we'll know more about that soon of course because we have the greek elections on june 17th and then the fed is actually meeting on june 19th so uh, we should have some clarity on that then let's look now at the yen because if the dollar has been popular with investors seeking a haven i'd say the yen has been even more popular I have figures showing the yen is nearly 1% stronger against the dollar in the past month. Uh, But the yen is also at threat of intervention from the authorities. We know the Japanese government isn't happy with the strength of the yen. They make that clear on a regular basis. But will we see any steps from the Bank of Japan at this stage? Kathleen, what do you think? I think, again, I mean, you know, for, for an economy that's export based like, like Japan's, what the Bank of Japan do it will all depend on Europe. I think mm-hmm. if, the, if, if Europe blows up, then we could easily see more stimulus from the Bank of Japan. But what's been really interesting with the BOJ is that they have, yes, they talk down the, the yen all the time. But what really got the yen weakening earlier in this year, back in February the 14th, was when the Bank of Japan implemented a huge stimulus program to try and boost their economy. And that had a real a fundamental effect on on the yen, a, a downward pressure on the yen. Uh, however, you know, last month during the, the BOJ's meeting, they kind of ruled out the prospect of more stimulus. Mm-hmm. So it will be whether or not investors will take the Bank of Japan's rhetoric at their word that they may intervene. Um, and, and traditionally, they haven't done that. And so they can, you know, the Bank of Japan can, uh, you know, moan about the, the yen's strength till they're, you know, blue in the face, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the yen, yeah, the yen weakens or the markets pay any heed to it. And do you think that the Bank of Japan could politically act by itself at this stage? Because I've seen suggestions that it might even have to be a coordinated intervention on the yen with the G7, such as we saw last year after the tsunami. Do you think that they would be able to act by themselves at this point? I think it would be very difficult to organise coordinated action because at the end of the day, you know, in this economic environment, everyone wants a weak currency. It's Mm. like a rush to the bottom. They were able to do it after the tsunami because of the devastating effects of that. But even then, that was very, that was quite temporary in nature. I think it would be a very tough sell for, J- for Japan to kind of argue that it needs a weak yen. Mm. And just quickly, a final thing on the yen. We often hear the finance minister talking about speculators, you know, attacking the yen. Do you think that actually that is a fair comment to make or isn't it just, you know, all investors are going into the yen? You know, the FX market really can work based on traditional ideas of how currencies react during certain periods of market sentiment. So it's kind of nailed into everybody from quite a young age that, you know, when risk sentiment dips, the yen, you, you know, you move into the yen. Also, you know, it is it is a result of things like their current account dynamics and, mm-hmm. and you know, the fact that, you know, a lot of Japanese debt is held domestically. So there are much more at risk from a speculative attack of people actually moving into the, into the yen and buying yen than they are from people selling it because so much of their debt is held domestically. So in that sense, until things like that change, until really, which which could have negative impacts on their economy, uh, for sure, if everyone, if all of a sudden domestic holders were to go and sell Japanese debt, the mm. Japanese debt that they hold, it's kind of difficult to say that it, it's an attack, I think. Um, mm. And that's why that's why the markets tend to ignore it. Mm. OK, well, finally, let's have a look at the Australian dollar, um, which is viewed as a kind of a barometer for global glo- growth. But it's also quite volatile at the moment. The Aussie dollar hit its weakest level since October at the start of the month, ahead of yet another rate cut by the Reserve Bank of Australia on global growth worries. And then we had surprisingly good GDP numbers for Australia, which sent the Aussie back to parity briefly with the US dollar at the start of the month. But recently it's dipped again in line with risk aversion. What do you think the outlook is from here for the Aussie dollar? 
When you've got a, an economy that relies so much on exports and, and the strength of its mining sector, for example, it's always going to be at risk from global risk sentiment. And that is being dictated in, by Europe. So mm. I think, you know, the outlook will depend very much on how uh, the Eurozone debt crisis pans out. I also think, you know, you brought it up there, you know, the, the dichotomy between the RBA cutting rates on one hand and then the, the economic data being much stronger than expected mm. could actually keep the, make the RBA very cautious going forward. And we don't expect that them to cut again, certainly not uh, between kind of now and August anyway. Um, and I think that they're going, they're going to be very much in wait and see mode. And and the lack of kind of direction back from the Reserve Bank of Australia could potentially uh, support, the, support the Aussie and help it to bounce, but only when overall market sentiment bounces. You know, like the Aussie d- does have an incredibly high beta to risk. And I think regardless of what's going on domestically, when markets are all diving because of what's going on in the Eurozone, the, the, the Aussie leads the way. What would be the best way of playing the Aussie dollar right now, would you say? Well, you know, in this environment whereby we're risk on, risk off, you've got to play the strong currencies against the weak currencies. And during risk off, the Aussie is a very weak currency. Something like the dollar and the yen is a very strong currency. So I think something like Aussie yen in particular, because the yen has been your ultimate safe haven, mm. Aussie yen becomes your, your, you know, your ultimate kind of risk off, or selling Aussie yen becomes your ultimate risk off trade. Okay, that's all we've got time for this week. Kathleen Brooks of Forex.com, thank you very much. Hard Currency will be back next week, but until then, you can read up-to-date FX news and analysis on our website, ft.com forward slash markets forward slash currencies. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.